I'm sorry for those of you who are with us online that you can't get in uniform. Some of you are out of uniform right now. You need to fix that before you leave. You hear what I'm saying here? I'm looking for you. So here we are celebrating all kinds of things this morning, and we're in this series called The Chosen. And I wanted to say a couple of things about the series, but first I want to remind you this is like a commercial interruption. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and we are only having one worship service next weekend. It will be at 10 o'clock. That's sort of halfway between 9 and 10.30, so that's how we're doing it. Only one worship service next Sunday morning. It'll be at 10 o'clock. It'll be right here. So if you're not going to be here because you're out having some kind of fun somewhere, then you go have fun. Turn in online with us if you're, if you're here now but going to be gone next week. Come on in at 10 o'clock, and you can still join us. If you're going to be here, we're going to rock this place like we always do. So there. Back to the series called The Chosen. So just a couple of things about the series itself. One is it's for free. You can download the app. And you can just watch it anytime you want to. We're looking at season one, which has eight episodes. That's what we're doing for today is week two of eight. And so it's this great thing that these folks have done. And here's what you need to understand about. They're not trying to say something new and trendy that they've made some radical new discovery about the Bible or about Jesus. That's not it at all. These are folks who are trying to attract us in using their sacred imagination attract us into thinking into what it would be like as human beings to be alive with Jesus on the planet when Jesus was on the planet physically. And they're just inviting you in. And yes, they're using their imaginations and they're 100% faithful to everything that's major. And they just simply add stuff in in a playful and thoughtful and sacred way. That's what's going on. And it's free. You can download it anytime you want to and just play it. You can Bluetooth it or airplay it up on your screen at home. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your iPad, on your computer. So I'm begging you, watch it. You will be glad that you did. But here we are in this series, and what we're, what we're asking is this. The question we're asking in this series, eight, eight weeks, is what does it mean to be chosen? So there the question comes up. What does it mean to be chosen? And, and here's the answer. One of the things it means is this. You and I, having been chosen, we rest. And what we're going to get this morning is a whole new redefinition of rest. That's what I hope we will all walk away with, a new sense of what rest is about. And just reminding you, who's doing the choosing? Some of us think that we're at the center of the choosing process. And, of course, you and I have to choose but the person that's offering the invitation went first. God is first. God went first. God loved first. God's the one that issued the invitation. God has chosen you. And your job is to respond. Yes, your volition is involved. But you are always, and I am always, responding to what God has already done in love. And so God is the chooser. We are being chosen. We have, yes to, we have to say yes and want to be a part of it and do everything we can to that. God chose some people to use as a way of making all people know he loved them. We call those people Israel. He chose Jesus himself as a way of finalizing the choosing, and now you and I are invited to choose. But just remember, it's God that did the choosing first, and you're being invited, beckoned, loved into saying yes back. And one of the things that that means is we are, we are being chosen by God to rest. Man, you're not very good at that, nor am I. 
But that's a part of what it means to be chosen, to be rest. And so I want you to say, if nothing else I get out of what Fitz says this morning, walk away with some new, fuller sense of what rest means in a theological God sense. And that's what we're trying to get to today. And in order to get to God having chosen the people of Israel and how that connects to us, just a little bit of a backstory. And what, that mean, what I mean by that is this. God, a long time ago, said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick some people and I'm going to bless them. And through them, they're going to go and tell everybody else about me. So the whole planet knows about us. Those people he picked end up being what you and I call the people called Israel, the Jewish people. So God picks them. And in the middle of their ongoing journey with God, God inspires this dude named Isaiah to write words that help everybody understand what it means to stay in step with God, guardrails. And so here's what Isaiah has to say for us this morning. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. There it is for you. I'm going to read it out loud. When you, that is the people of Israel, but also now you can also make yourself one of the people who's been chosen by God. God, Isaiah, 800 years before Jesus, speaking directly to you and to me, as well as to those folks back then. When you pass through the waters, probably meaning the Red Sea, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. What Isaiah is saying to them, their circumstances are always going to have difficulty in them. And certainly they did. Certainly you have circumstances. I have circumstances. But notice the word of reassurance. Beginning to understand what it means to be rest, to rest. I will be with you. So what this person speaking to the people of Israel and to you and me, trying to help us understand how, what it means to be connected to Jesus, here's the deal. Circumstances are going to keep happening. I'm looking at these fantastic people who are about to start college. They have no idea what's about to happen to them. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be awesome. And you're going to love it. And I have some advice for you on the side. Make bees or better. Okay, if you want a lot of eyes on you, drop down into the C's and D's. But if you want your eye, the eyes to not stay on you all the time, make bees. You can do it. Don't tell me you can't. You wouldn't be in the schools you're in if you can't do it. But anyway, they, these magnificent people, and we just get to watch them grow into young men and young women. And I celebrate you, and I love you, and you know that already, don't you? I digressed. Isaiah wants us to understand that circumstances are always going to be a part of our experience. And lurking in there is this secret about how to redefine rest a little bit more. What is rest redefined? It's somehow God's provision of himself. We're in God's presence. That's what rest is. And if you wait until it's all clear and clean out there, and you wait until there's no hassles, if you wait until there's no trouble, if you wait until the last minute to study for an exam, God is still with you. God is with us, and God wants us to understand that that's what's going on. Another way of saying it is this. The redefinition of rest means whatever else is going on in our lives, we're, let me say it this way, communing with our Creator. We are attaching ourselves on purpose to God and we are experiencing God's presence and God's presence becomes the provision into which we find ourselves able to go, 
Because I tell you what, the circumstances, they're just going to keep on coming. They never stop. But God will always be with us, said Isaiah. So in the series, with that as an umbrella, we're gonna, I'm just reminding you of a person who we've met already. Her name is Mary of Magdala. If you were here a week ago, you heard us talking about Mary of Magdala, but if you weren't there, it's okay. I'm going to tell you enough you need to know. Mary of Magdala was a tormented, possessed, debauched, broken, possessed person, possessed by demons. In fact, she goes by a nickname in the imagination of the writers of the episode. She goes by a nickname, Lilith. Lilith is an ancient name, and it means female demons. And that's who she is. She meets Jesus, and Jesus takes care of her. Now, there is a religious figure who you're going to see in a moment. He's a pretty good guy. His name is Nicodemus, and what we aren't seeing is he tried to heal her. He had incense and prayers, and he tried to cast the demons out of her, but he couldn't do it. Jesus was able to do it. Here's what I want you to watch. Catch Mary of Magdala, no longer Lilith. Watch her. She's begun to understand the redefinition of rest. It's you. It's real. Lilith. No, no, please, don't be frightened. My name is Nicodemus. I, I ministered to you, Lilith. I don't answer to that name. I am Mary. I was born Mary. But you were called Lilith, yes? Please, I must go. No, no, please, Mary. I, I am desperate for your help, Mary. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I'm visiting from Jerusalem. I'm a man of God. And I believe you have experienced a miracle, Mary. Are you really a Pharisee? Yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't... I'm not here to enforce Jewish law. So how do you know who I am? You really don't remember me at all. I burned incense. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I can't go back into that. No, no, I don't want you to. I can't even imagine. But you you are healed. That, that much is clear. I just want to understand how it happened. It makes two of us. <laughs> how long after my visit did you feel the change? It wasn't anything you did. It was someone else. Someone else? He called me Mary. He said, I am his. I am redeemed. And it was so? Who did this? I don't know his name. And even if I did, I could not tell you. Why not? His time for men to know has not yet come. 
He performs miracles and seeks no credit? What does he look like? Is he a member of Sanhedrin? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? I don't know why I am sharing this with you. I, I don't understand it myself. But here is what I can tell you. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. So yes, I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have to be home to prepare for Shabbat, as I'm sure you do. So mean that you're even hosting Shabbat dinner. It will be nothing like yours, I'm sure of that. But I'm going to try. Shabbat Shalom, Mary. So there she is, fancy pants there. That's this fellow, Nicodemus, and he's not a bad guy. He's doing his best. But what I hope you caught was Mary was experiencing kind of a possessed seizure when he came to her house, and he was not able to heal her. And he's stunned that she's healed, A. And then he thinks it happened after he had left. And then she says, well, it wasn't you. I hope you caught what she said. Here's what she said. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the only thing that happened in between was him. Ooh. Let's, let's look at that again. I'm going to read it again. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the only thing that happened in between was him. She is redeemed. She's rescued. She's restored. She's put back into life. And notice she was going to prepare for Shabbat. In English, we say Sabbath. Shabbat is the Hebrew word, which means Sabbath. So it's really important to understand why that's so important with respect to this new definition of rest. What does Sabbath have to do with rest? Shabbat. There, she's going to her own house, and she's going to prepare for it. So Sabbath, Shabbat, is a part of how we understand what it means to redefine rest. Because rest... Here, sure, rest means, man, uh, for many of us, rest means sleep, right? Okay, I get it. Rest certainly means like I got to hit the reset button. It means like I just got to sit on the couch and watch the PGA all afternoon today. It, it, means, it means coming here and just getting recentered. It means hanging out with people that you care about, people you love, friends and family. But there's something even more. What is God's intention with Shabbat, Sabbath? That God himself is the provision that below and beneath and around all of those other things that we have to do to refuel is another thing that we must do that makes life work, that makes transformation work. It's the presence of God. God's presence is his provision. And again, many of us 
maybe most of us aren't very good at. Now, some, some of us may be thinking, well, that means taking a day off of, from work a week. And I'm standing right here in front of you telling you I'm really, really bad at that. And I, I'm not bragging. And in our culture, we get congratulated for working all the time. And it's really, I've had spiritual directors leaning on me for about four years saying, you need to practice Sabbath fits. And I just recoil at them. Here's one of the ways it's just really hard. I can work all the time. I mean, I really have worked a little bit every day for so long. I can't remember. Occasionally, I get some full days off. It's really hard for me. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, I also want to say, attaboy, because I do fight for quiet every morning, seven days a week. This morning, got up early. And I had a little mini Sabbath. Started this morning at 5.30. Goes for an hour. So I've got that built in my life. And I don't have kids at home, and so I'm not doing all the kind of stuff that some of you have with your families. But, but I have to fight for it. But a full day off, I just haven't figured out how to do it yet. And I've, I've been working for quite a while. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. But I know that there's something that I need. And it's the provision that is the presence of God. I have a friend who's a pastor. It don't, it's not just pastors. It's all people. And I don't want anybody feeling bad for me. It's self-inflicted. Okay? I have a friend who's a pastor. He called me the other day. And I, I said uh, something about, I'm going to text message you right now. He said, well, it don't, won't do any good. I don't have a phone that does texting. <laughs> I, I, I said, what? You what? His name's Ryan. He's running the church that meets right now at Wilson Middle School. It's called Local Church. He has a flip phone. And he has a work phone that stays in his office. And when he goes home, he can't text. McLean's looking at me. She knows I'm a bad boy and I need to do this. (laughs) She knows as much as anybody about this. So, So Ryan has found a way to put some Shabbat into his life because he has two little kids and he just said to me, Fitz, I got got these little kids. I just can't let this thing get in my way, his work. Anyway, I don't have anywhere to go with that other than say that you think you're alone. I think most people, most working adults, most, most adults, even if you've finished working and you don't even have to work for a living anymore, you, may, you, you still you have a hard time doing this. All of this is said to say that the surprising redefinition of rest is this phenomenon of God restoring us by, by being present with us. And so the Jewish people were told by God that they needed to practice Shabbat. And so we're waiting for Mary. We're waiting for Mary of Magdala now in this next clip to welcome people into this transformed woman's home, this restored woman's place of residence. She's going to issue a Sabbat invitation for her friends, and that's what we're going to see now. Thank you, Miss Maddie. This is a fine place. Oh, thank you. 
Are we on? Is it still on? Yes, Shula. How did you find us? I followed that mule, Barnaby. <laughs> Not that he waited. Looking as handsome as ever, Barnaby. Lucky guess, Shula. <laughs> is this the place? If Mary's here, it is. Do I know you? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm James. This is Thaddeus. We were told this would be a good place to come. We can leave if it's awkward. Oh, oh no, oh, please come in. You are most welcome here. So, can we help? Oh, no. Well, uh, yes, I... I don't know what I am doing. You see, fool, that's a victory. If I'm not doing something or doing something wrong, you tell me. Oh, nonsense. It's already great. Can't remember the last time I was invited to Shabbat dinner. Me, never. You've never been to Shabbat? Of course I've been to one. Been to lots. Just never got invited. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the extra seat for? Oh, uh, for Elijah. Am I right? I, I remember my mother always setting an extra place for Elijah. That's only for Passover. Just once a year at Seder. Oh. Well, when Seder comes, I'll have a head start on setting up. Just take a look at my little notes. <laughs> Let's see. Can I read it for you, Mary? Stop it, Barnaby. I read better than you. My father taught me. Very impressive. <sighs> uh, oh, uh, is the first star out? Yes, let's eat. Like I said, you are very popular. Or it's a Pharisee here to shut us down for letting you be here. Hmm. Hello, Mary. Hello. It's good to see you. I thought it was going a little bit further. <laughs> Basically, she invites him in, and that's how the clip ends. There's Jesus. Mary's nervous. She's never done this much before. She can't remember. She had a lot, lots of years of troubled life. But the person who restored her appears at the door. So remember, the redefinition of rest is more than sleep. It's more than watching a lot of Netflix or going to a spa or taking a vacation. All of those things are fine, but it's, it's more than that. And all of those things begin to make better sense when we discover that God's presence is the provision that none of those other things can give us. To get deeply rested. And so Shabbat is a way for the people of Israel to remember on a weekly basis. I'll just remind you, it starts at sundown on Friday. You may have heard her say, had the star appeared yet. And so it starts at sundown on Friday and ends at sundown on Saturday. And, and no, one is, no one works. We just, we just do other things. We just don't work. And that's what they have begun with this meal. So she's a rookie. And Jesus shows up. So let's see this. Let's see this last clip. I don't want to be rude, but would it be okay if, if I? Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. Please come in. I just never thought you'd done. Uh, I have guests here. Uh, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Rabbi, Rabbi. You already know these men. They are students of mine. I trust they have been polite. Of course. 
Your guests can take the seat. Yes, Mary? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, of course, please have a seat. I keep saying of course a lot. <laughs> um, Francis is the man I told you about who, um, who helped me. Oh, yes, yeah, Mary told us so much about you. Oh, I hope not too much. I'm Barnaby, this is Shula. She is blind. Ah. In case you couldn't tell. I'm, I'm so sorry, I, I don't actually know your name. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Well, apparently something good can come from Nazareth. <laughs> wow. Mary, I'm honored to be here. Why don't you begin? Oh, no, I, I couldn't now that you are here. You must. Thank you, but this is your home, and I would love for you to do it. Now the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And God completed on the seventh day his work that he did. And God. Mary reads Genesis, the creation account. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And she's holding it and reading in Hebrew. And you, if you caught it, she said, my father taught me. Almost no regular person could read biblical Hebrew because their language they spoke was a native, a native a cousin language called Aramaic. But there she is reading it. It's powerful. So I'm going to read it again for you. This is, this is Mary reading Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Now the heaven... And the earth were completed and all their hosts. And God completed on the seventh day his work that he did. And God abstained on the seventh day from all his work he did. And God blessed the seventh day and he hallowed it. For thereon he abstained from all the work that God created to do. The point of Mary reading this and then jumping ahead to Exodus chapter 20 when we get the Ten Commandments is we are commanded to keep the Sabbath, to practice the Sabbath, to rest. We're told that we need to rest and it's a 24-hour period of time and these folks have been doing it for hundreds of years, remembering the great faithfulness of God in their history, rescuing them from slavery in Egypt, being the top of the heap and then giving them the Ten Commandments to guide and lead them. They remember every week, and so come into God's presence. And for all the circumstances, these Jewish people longed in Israel to be out from under the oppressive rule of, of the Roman Empire. Their circumstances often were terrible. And Mary individually possessed, tormented, and yet, she's restored, and these folks are being guided by the practice of weekly rest, the cycle, to come into God's presence and experience God's provision for them. Circumstances you wake up to the next day, they're going to keep coming. Now, I've confessed that I'm really bad 
at this whole 24-hour thing. But I'm telling you, I just wouldn't be standing here if somehow I hadn't been beckoned by God into spending time daily, privately. If I go three days without that happening, I know it. If I go three weeks without taking that daily time, Kathy knows it. If I go three months, everyone knows it. <laughs> it's just the place where God meets me. God meets me here. God meets me in the small group I'm a part of. God meets me in a lot of places. But this, this personal individual Sabbath for me on the, on the daily basis is me getting started. I'm just going to keep trying. But bust on me. Fitz, how's that day off going? And push me. Are you actually going into God's presence so that you can experience pr the provision that rest and watching Netflix really can't give you? And I'm, I'll keep trying. I promise you I will. Jesus tried to say it to us this way. This is Jesus speaking again. He's speaking to Mary in the show, speaking to us in the Gospel of Matthew. And he says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I thought it might help you to see an actual pair of yoked oxen. So take a look at this. Oh, there they are. I think the way that an average person, oh, let's leave the boxing up there. I think the way an average person in the time of Jesus would have responded to his words is to see that yoke and realize that you're not pulling a heavy load. What's happening is that he's present and the yoke becomes light. So the circumstances are going to be what they're going to be, but Jesus is not beating us up. He's making it light and we'll find rest for her soul. Here's another way of saying that. The redefinition of rest this morning that I want us to walk away with this. You ready? He rests us. He rests us. Jesus wants to rest you. He wants to rest me. And I am being chosen to enter into that rest. And it's his presence which is the provision that none of the other good things that I might do to recover and refuel, none of those other good things are ever going to get me completely rested. The only thing that can is the presence of God. So you're being challenged this morning, and so am I. And here's the challenge. You ready? Here it comes. It's up on the wall. What's one thing to, that needs to change in your schedule or in your mindset to rest the way God intended. You need to fight for it. If you're moms and dads with kids at home, you need to fight for it. If that's not where you are in life, if you're 18 years old and about to start college, fight for it. You can do it. My kids are grown and gone. I need to fight for it. What's one thing that needs to change in your schedule or in your mindset to rest the way God intended. Allow me a moment, allow us all a moment of silence. God will speak to you right now about how you can make a change, and then I'm going to pray for all of us.
rest us, gracious God. What we need is who you are. What we need is you. We're privileged. We have so much. We're gifted. We're talented. What a talented group of people graduate from high school and where they're going to school. This is a phenomenal life that you've built for us. And yet, if we don't find our rest in you, somehow, gracious God, we might be able even to identify with Mary, who's all mixed up and lost until she finds Jesus healing her. And the only thing between what Mary was and what she is now is Jesus right in the middle. He showed up in her life, made her different. And so we now can be different too for the same reason. Thank you, gracious God, that you're always faithful. It's who you are and therefore it's what you do. Rest us, rest us, rest us. Amen. This song we're going to sing now is by Hillsong. It's called Oceans. And there's a suggestion of rest in it. So I invite you to look for it. <laughs>